Hello, welcome to the XX Mormon podcast. I'm a heavenly mother and I am conducting. Here we have presiding over our meeting is the biblical sugarcane. And this is our meeting on a very important topic. Pack up your food storage and get ready for June. <laughs> get ready for Doomsday. <laughs> Already. <laughs> so tell me. So you go first. I guess we'll just piggyback off each other about okay. this. God. <laughs> this topic is. Gosh, it's it's like everything all in once. It's all my trauma. It's all <laughs> wrapped up in a perfect little bow. It's just. <laughs> Like, Where do we even begin? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I'm interested in like, because I mean, I, for me, the idea like the, the doomsday mindset is like transitioned over, you know, you know, uh, certain religions that I was getting into, but it was always present. It was always the thing that made me like, honestly, it's the thing that always made you for me come back to some sense that I needed to be, um, I needed to be thinking about my salvation. You know what I mean? Like the idea that something was happening, that this pressing concern that, you know, the, the world is coming to a close or there's going to be a new, you know, uh, a, a, ch- a change in, um, in the world. That's going to be like, you know, super, uh, really bad for a lot of people and really good for, for others. Um, and I would say that's like a, a, a huge portion of the reason why I would I ended up into the church in the first place because of this trauma of like the the, the doomsday mindset. So I'm just curious about what like what was it like for your experience, like mostly being in the church and that just being a part of your culture and you know that being kind of like a, a consistent you know part of your life. Like what was it like to be in the church and experience that? And like was that like a, a, a traumatic thing for you? Um, that's such a beautifully worded question. Um, I think the way that Doomsday was presented to me was something that definitely, it was like waves in the ocean. Like it would come and then it would pull back and the church would pull back from it and peel away and we wouldn't talk about it. Kind of like the spooky stuff in the church, like the yeah. devil and demons and stuff. They'd talk about it and then they'd really pull back and then you wouldn't hear about it forever. And then my worst, my parents were so not doomsday people, and I totally understand why now as an adult, and I'll get to that. <laughs> I'll get to that because it's so good. Um, but when I was on my mission, that was when the doomsdayness became up to like dial number 10, which is probably where you were at. Because so I served my mission in West Texas, East New Mexico, which has a big doomsday culture anyway. People really stock up for whatever. I think because it looks like an atomic bomb went off in that area. <laughs> so they're already just, already there. So the <laughs> like, like, already this is crap. So. Yeah, Roswell <laughs> is in my <laughs> Roswell is in my mission. You know, they tested the atomic bomb. I think in Nevada, but it all looks very similar. And people also in West Texas, East New Mexico, a lot of them, a lot of them have really been through some things. And so they're people that are prepared for like the worst of times financially. Cause that's how it felt. Like we didn't have clean drinking water. The rent was so high because of the oil field. You were a middle class. If you lived in a one bedroom apartment with like four wow. people and pe- like 
when I came back to Fresno and you've seen my house, like I'm hardcore middle-class, middle class for life. Um, (laughs) when, When I came back to Fresno, I like cried because of all the nice houses and how nice my family lived because they would have been rich in my mission area. So doomsday culture growing up and it was totally waxing and waning. People rarely went hard with it, but every now and then people would because of their patriarchal blessings that would talk about being there for the second coming or whatever. Yeah. And so sometimes people would be really into it and we'd talk about it and it would make me feel scared And then I went on my mission and that's when it was like level 10 and every general conference felt really important. It felt like something big was coming, some huge change was coming and you had this weird anticipation. And then when I came back from my mission, I had like my own little epiphany about doomsday, but I think it was really just cognitive dissonance about it. Um, And then I've had further, but I'll get to that. I'll wait for that exciting conclusion. (laughs) <laughs> but your thoughts, what are your feelings? Uh, you know, it's, you know, I think the Mormon church really, um, it's, it, it was, it was a different mindset in terms of what like doomsday meant. Right. Cause it was, it was the idea that, you know, I, I would say in, in other religions that I've, that I've been a part of, um, like the fear factor was like the worst part of it. What it was, it, it was not that, you know, you prepared for anything. It was actually the kind of the opposite is that you can almost like, you have to be constantly prepared only really just mentally or like engage in your religion um, in order to be prepared. Cause at in a moment's notice, the entire world can be flipped on its side and it's like, and it's, and it's, you know, like you know, Noah's flood and, and plagues and, and Jesus coming back and the, the, and the antichrist coming to wreak havoc on the earth. And the Mormon religion was way more, I would say like passive in the idea of what like doomsdayness was. And it was just like, just being prepared for any situation that was coming in, but for the same reasons, right? But there was like this calmness about it with the idea that's like, you can do everything you have to do. You can be prepared for for life's challenges in general. And then you can also be prepared for this eventuality that was, you know, that, that was coming in, that this big event was going to come in and all the Mormons were going to be moving to, um, <laughs> I forgot where, but um, to, you know, the promised land and, and it, it was just like there was, it was like a, it was it was a peaceful thing, but it's still doomsday, right? It's still this idea that like a portion of the world is going to be saved, and and there's nothing you can do for those people if they're not ready. Um, and you know, I think it, in a way, it it brought me a sense of peace. But I would say the reason that I said that the the thing that really um kind of like heightened my awareness of of doomsday culture in the Mormon religion had to do and this kind of was a back on the topic of 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 the whole like like the like things things that the church lies about um and i never thought about like this this as being a lie but a huge portion of why a reason why i got into the mormon religion was because of the amount of reading i was doing and a big chunk of that reading was on people's quote unquote uh uh, spiritual experiences when it came when when it came to end time prophecies, and there are like if you go to, I forgot what they call these like bookstores that Mormons have, but they have a ton of these like little LDS bookstores that are just, just everywhere. Like right? Deseret, yeah, yeah like Deseret, 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 Deseret books. There are just books on books on books, literally like laid across these bookstores of people's quote unquote spiritual experiences they've had dreams or visions. And they write these books um, explaining 
the things that they've seen in a vision or the things they've seen in um, in a dream that talk about um, what's going to happen in the end times on a, on a super specific level. Like people will get into like, oh, I was taken up um, and I had a, new, a near-death experience and I was taken up into this place and I saw, I saw the entire end time scenario just laid out before me. Um, and I really, it took me a while, it really took me into to the point where I, when I was leaving the church to realize that there is a solid possibility that a lot of this stuff <laughs> is just crap or they're just lies that people in the <laughs> church have just managed to, to just like mis- make money off of for the sake of, you know, um, uh, just, you know, have, just, and just make a profit off, off, off of, you know, the, the, the fears of the church. Um, uh, and, 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 and fears of like of doomsday and, 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 and not being a part of this, this grand, you know, movement to the promised land. Um, and I was totally wrapped up in it. I was totally wrapped up in the ideas that these things were going to happen. And that I knew to some degree, um, that these things were going to happen because these people have seen it. Um, and I had to really separate the idea of like, of spiritual experiences that people, that a lot of people have that, you know, I, I like not as you said as you as you've mentioned like not putting like um, not casting a moral judgment around like what these experiences are and not necessarily thinking that just because you have them that everything about them is like true and it's what's going to happen but it's just something that you experience and that and that's what it is um, versus me like believing like oh yeah I know exactly what's going to happen and and the Lamanites are going to come in and they're going to swoop in on these alien crafts. And they're going to help all the Mormons like <laughs> travel across, <laughs> uh, travel across like the roads into in, 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 into like you know the the, the old Garden of Eden, um, and it's and it's laid out there, and it's 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 interesting because as as much as as the the church will tell you that you should be listening to things that are not like you know the Doctrine of Covenants and not coming from the from the prophets, they listen to these people tell these stories that are just plain they're just plainly false, you know. Um, or just, or they're just metaphorical, or if, if, if anything, you know, they're, if, 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 I guess I would say, if, if you do believe in dreams, or if you do believe in visions, or if you feel like you've had an experience like that, you know, you really have to take, take some of those experiences with a grain of salt because you're, you're entering in, into things that are very much a part of the spiritual realm. And so much of what you experience in those realms could just be meant for you to interpret versus what you're supposed to be experiencing actually. Um, but yeah, I would I would say for the Mormon Church, it was a very different experience when it came to what like the, what Doomsday looked like because the Mormons are so confident and and <laughs> they're so confident in in believing that they're going to be okay and that what they believe is true, versus you know the Pentecostal religion or versus um, Seventh Day Adventism or versus uh, uh, the uh, I forgot what they call them, but the people that they, they don't have like windows in their church and they don't celebrate. Holidays. Yeah, they, <laughs> um, yeah, they are those types of religions are much more fear based. And it's like the fear of God is in your heart. And you it, at any moment in your life, you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, did I just did I just speak a lie? And if God came right now, will I end up in hell? Like it's a very different experience. But that trauma is still the same. It's what propels you into keeping yourself in at least partly like in, in the doors of the church. Because they've lockstepped and like they've made you believe that this is a reality preach it (laughs) no i i completely agree and also when you were talking about you know the visions and dreams that people have had the biggest thing for me 
And we're just going to go, we're just going to dive in there. I'm saving it and now it's ready. It was saved (laughs) and now it's ready. So one of the reasons that, it's going to all make sense. Okay, hear me out. (laughs) Some of the reasons my parents were not big doomsday people, I now realize, is that both of my parents had lived in developing countries as service Mm -hmm. workers. So my dad went into Central America, went to Guatemala when he was younger, and my mom served a service mission in a refugee camp. So both of them, but especially my mom, had seen people who had already been through an apocalypse. Like she had right. seen people that had been through the unthinkable and she was like, everybody else needs to calm that, like calm down. <laughs> like, <laughs> like she had been, she had been, she had been with people. Like, I'm not even lying. When the show, the walking dead came out, my mom watched it. We were all big fans. Yeah. She literally told me like, there are people that have been through things like this. Like, this is not, I mean, this is an exaggeration, obviously, but not really. Like it's, it's more fantastical, but what people go through when it's just you and yours on your own, like that has already happened. So I thought, gee, the little, (laughs) (laughs) the little nugget I was saving is I had this huge epiphany about doomsday culture and it all just so came together and we're just going to be, we're going to be on the same page here. (laughs) I'm ready for it. I realized the majority of doomsday culture is overwhelmingly white. (laughs) And when I say white, I don't mean European. I mean the white supremacy, homogenous whiteness. I don't mean specific to, I mean the the culture of white supremacy. Because (laughs) as an indigenous person talking to a black person, our ancestors, our families have already been through an apocalypse. Right. Like, They've been through bada boom, bada bing. <laughs> you guys are. some of the worst of the worst things like in our history. It, it's and, and it's completely true. And it's and it's funny because I I I one hundred percent agree with that with that with that sentiment. Um, I do think it's unfortunate that there's that there's still like places in the world where like Christian ideology is just so seeped in that still people who are living through really bad circumstances could still think that they're gonna be saved by something. But like like white, like white supremacy, and the, and the idea that people who have not gone through a lot can think that, like, the world has gone through so much chaos, and and Jesus Christ is just sleeping. I just saw this TikTok, and I thought it was so on point. And it was literally what you said. It was like, how do you think that Jesus Christ or a God has slept through disaster after disaster after disaster after like human crisis, after like literally apocalypse after apocalypse, and somehow like oh, like in two years now. Because Obama's president, <laughs> Jesus is coming back. <laughs> oh, we're no. really off the rails now. Like this is this is real. Like ooh, oh, crap. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> sorry, it makes you so excited. You can't tell see me, audience, but I'm bouncing. Keep going. <laughs> like it's it's insane. Like I mean, honestly, like think about it. Like I mean, in like right, like literally right now, p- people who think. That because Trump didn't win, or because that Trump did win, that somehow we're ushering in this era of peace for the world, and Jesus Christ is like literally coming tomorrow because his his prophet or his like his his dude his his sinful dude that he's using for his good purposes is in this position that half of America thinks like oh we're in the era of, of the return of of God and that the apocalypse is around the corner like these people are absolutely insane right like is this. This it's like the the epitome of white supremacy to think that like 
that these ideas, like they're on your side when really like you've been perpetuating all these, all these, all these apocalypse. It's like you have been the one that has been creating all this chaos for the past, I don't know, thousands of years. Um, and like you have been the apocalypse, right? Like if we got rid of y'all, that would probably be the actual era of peace that we're, we're looking for, right? <laughs> we got rid of, we got rid of right supremacy. Yeah, then you'd be like, oh, I, maybe, maybe this, there's something to this whole like, you know, new, age of Aquarius and all this stuff is coming on. But now it's still creating the, the 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 mess for the world, really. No, it's so true. And also, in case anybody has sensitive ears, when we say get rid of y'all, we don't mean white people. We mean white supremacy. So calm down. Right. <laughs> I just have to clarify. If y'all do what I look like, I present very much like a European looking woman. But unless you know, you know, because indigenous people never like they get it. Anyways, none of that matters. But um, I definitely think that I also was pretty triggering very recently on Facebook I saw some people who I like loosely know who are Mormon and white and they live in Utah or Arizona or Idaho, one of the little Mormon colonies. And they're doing this whole like homesteader thing, like self-reliance and like have <laughs> land with their little goats and they're homeschooling their kids because society's just so bad now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's so like dripping in privilege, but also like, delusion and to simply think that you can check out because society isn't going the way that you want it to go is the definition of privilege because the rest you and i (laughs) native people black people other marginalized people that's never been an option and i don't want it to be i don't want to be that type of ignorant ever i want to fight for a better world because that's how shit gets done um but it just—it just—it's so like, wow! Like you took the, <laughs> like I don't like the how society's going, so I'm gonna live. And they live in like really nice houses built on native land, obviously, yeah. um, <laughs> stolen land. And it's so just like doomsday culture to me is a lot of I'm checking out. Like I don't actually want to be here. I don't actually want to deal with this because you know drag queens are reading books to kids, I guess, or whatever their, <laughs> whatever their reasons are. It's so absurd. Right. Um, and that just isn't, it does remind me of a quote I said in a different episode from a book by um, Octavia, Octavia Butler, where she has like this Christian, super Christian dad. He's a pastor. And he says, you think the world is ending, don't you? And she doesn't respond, but in her mind, she says, no, your world is ending. Like, the way that you view things is not going to last. And I feel that way about white supremacy. Like, it's your little apocalypse of terror is ending. But for everybody else, like, it's just so tee-hee-hee funny to me. But that was my epiphany that I had was, like, several people all over the world at different times have experienced an apocalypse. So exactly like you said, like that TikTok, like you think he was just snoozing on all that. Right. And it's He's... it's really disrespectful because I think about the Christians that are in the Middle East who are persecuted and who are suffering and like they just totally ignore that. You know what I mean? Like they just ignore right. that. How unfair to them, I guess he doesn't God doesn't care about those people's prayers because they're in a different part of the world. Like it's just very sad to me. You go, sorry. Yeah, it's extremely sad. Um yeah, I, I, I think it's, I forgot, I forgot what I was going to say, but it was, 
Um, I, I just think it's like, it's, it's unfortunate the idea that, you know, that idea of checking out because as you've mentioned in other, in other episodes where, you know, especially like the cold mindset and being able to feel like you can, you like, you can learn this just on your own, like reading, you like reading like one book or thinking of the ideas yourself and not like engaging with your community or engaging with people who are different than you to figure out like what's really going on in the world. And that like checking out and like secluding yourself or, you know, managing to convince a hundred people that what, what you believe is true and completely just like isolating yourself, you know, like people like the, like the, like the FLDS church and, and bigger organizations like the Mormon church can, can do that in, in the sense and just kind of like, just, just like surround themselves with only people like themselves and just get themselves into thinking that they don't have to learn or that they've learned enough or that they can just listen to this one person who's on a, who's on a pulpit um, and stoke up fears about what's going on in the world. Instead of just, just asking the question, like, you know, could, like, could I be wrong about this? Um, it's, it's just so detrimental, like to the world, like you not learning. Um, and, and I think it's really unfortunate because it, I, I think actually my fear is that, is that the world just keeps not making enough progress um, that, yeah, I do think in, 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 in and of itself, like so, some parts of the world, especially places like where it's sometimes like in America, right. Where we do have some sense of freedom in certain, certain parts of the Western world where there, there is progress to be made because we have like certain rights to be able to make that progress. Like we, like we can see that in certain places, like that, that, that line of thinking is completely like disintegrating, but like the idea that they can state that, 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 that they still have that right, you know, to just completely, check out of, of learning like what's going on in the world um, makes me fear that, that we'll just keep taking like too many steps back. Um, and I think this, like this, this, this like day in this era, like it's unfortunate, right? Because of all the things that are happening, like in, in, like in, in the, in the political world and things that like laws that we haven't seen like around for a long time, like coming back. Um it, it 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 makes me feel like that it is it, it just it just it, it just pains me to know that that it's like it, like is is America going to be next where we're the ones like really in the background in terms of like actually pushing the needle forward for progress and other places are, are going to have to pick up the pieces and really push the world into a new direction like are we are we like falling back into that into that space again where we're like we're moving a hundred years or two hundred years you know into our into our past. I think it's a really good question, and I have noticed a pattern that about every hundred years, democracy is seriously threatened. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the United States, which hasn't been great for our people kind of ever, right. <laughs> um, but in like the 1820s and 30s, uh, President Andrew Jackson, y'all didn't know we get a history lesson, um, <laughs> President Andrew Jackson had dictator-like power. And he went against the the Senate because he had control of the military. And not a lot of people know that. People really pra- – I mean, he's on the $20 bill. People praise him for these other things. But the power that he had was terrifying. Like, it was kind of like he just had control of the military and do what he wanted. Um, and the, I mean, the man was despicable. He's, he's like a rat bastard. And then, again, you know, in the 1920s, uh, 
the power and popularity that FDR had could have been really dangerous. And I mean, there's lots of mixed feelings about him. He's a more recent president. Um, But I mean, they had it put in the two term rule because he was going to just be president forever. And um, we're kind of hundred years after that. And so I just, I've noticed that pattern Um, every hundred years, democracy hangs in the balance between everybody has a voice or fascism. Like that's kind of deep y'all didn't know you're going to get a history lesson on that, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, weirdly like clockwork every hundred years. Um, I did have another point on Doomsday, and I thought yeah. I'd get your little tee-hee-hee yeah. <laughs> opinions. <laughs> so something I've noticed a lot is the <laughs> when apocalypse movies <laughs> when apocalypse movies are made by white men, cis <laughs> mm-hmm. said white men, they kind of fall into these two categories, and like they always go the fucking same, <laughs> where it's like the robots AI are going to rise up because we've been oppressing them and they're going to kill us all like Terminator, like (laughs) their Skynet is going to come after us and they're going to just change it up. And they're going to be so angry about how we treated them that they're going to, they're going to have their little AI thumb holding us down. And I think that that is just the biggest (laughs) example of projection Mm. because in my mind, I'm like, why would AI, why would AI care to do that? Like why, you know what I mean? Like if you could travel to space with your artificial intelligence, wouldn't you, what? Like, <laughs> but it kind of, I feel like such a little bitch, but I like, I always want it when people have those fears and those ideas, I want to be like, Oh, like Haiti. Like <laughs> you're afraid, <laughs> you're afraid, you're afraid that what you oppress and what you mistreat is going to, turn up on you and to speak to that also like the Haitian revolution in my experience was either never talked about or it was over exaggerated in terms of the violent piece does that make sense like it was talked about like it was so I'm like first off (laughs) people deserve to fight for their freedom so let's stop let's start right there but it was framed as that like great fear you know or just those fears that like indigenous people and black people are going to rise up. Like it's been 500 years and we haven't done that. Like <laughs> you think we would have done it by now, like calm down. Um, such a projection. Like I think it's going to be like the Pueblo slave uprising. Like first yeah. off those colonies had it coming when the Pueblo did what they did. Like people have a right to fight for their freedom. This is absurd. I've never been abusive to artificial intelligence. I don't have fears. Like, calm down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then another one that, like, also the other theme in apocalyptic future movies made by white men. Um, and like I said, when I say white, I mean the white supremacy type, not like European. Um, but they do the alien thing. These aliens come in. And they're either friendly or they're hostile (laughs) and they're coming in and they're going to enslave us or eat us or whatever. And it's like, Oh, like you did to the entire African continent. Like, Oh, like you did to North and South America. Oh, like you did to everywhere. Like 
they assume that these aliens are like little Christopher Columbuses when why? Literally why? Why would these these beings from some far far away place be like the worst that humanity has to offer? <laughs> like why yeah. would they be little Ted Bundy's? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, it's personification in a weird way. It's like projection personification. But it's really interesting to me when I look at sci-fi that's done by, you know, the two sisters that did the Matrix who are trans women. They have AI work with people, with humanity. And there's good AI and there's bad AI and there's good people and there's bad people. Because those two, I hope I'm saying their last name right, but it's like the Wachowski. hope that's right. Mm. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah, you know, the the women that made the Matrix, they have a different perspective on the world because of their identity. So they're not going to come in with those weird projections. And I feel the same way about, you know, Octavia Butler, who her perception of the a type of future in the apocalypse just feels a little bit more accurate. It doesn't feel like oppression and it doesn't feel like, sorry, not oppression, but uh, projection. <laughs> Confusing my words because they're all tied together. What are your thoughts? What are your feelings on my little long tangent? Yeah, I, it's super interesting because, you know, I mean, if you think about even like our, our our own examples, like in America, right? Like, you know, the 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 uprising of of oppressed peoples in in like America wasn't like trying to kill off all the white people. It was just like trying to trying to put your own words to your in your face and saying like you believe in these things, but you're not doing them, right? And, and it's it, and I think it's completely true. Like it's like we're like the, the ideas that we're expressing about the fears that we have is completely personified because we've been doing it to each other. Um, and, and it's not typically what happens, right? Like people in other countries, the people just want like, we just want your help. We just want your support. Like we want you to see the wrongs that you're doing so that we can like live in the same, in the same space as you and have the same respect as you. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's super interesting that every time we, we play on these fears because, of our own knowledge that we're, we're like, we're, we're, we're crappy to each other in that same way. And we're, we're afraid that, 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 that idea is just going to be perpetuated instead of feeling like, like people, like some, some, some dunes, some, um, some doomsday scenario would just be, would just work out for, for, for everyone's good. If we would just like be open to the idea that like, there's actually people who want to re- like respect, like there's, there's respect for each other. And there's, there's the idea that we can grow together instead of it being like this idea that we're just all fighting for resources or we're all just fighting for, you know, the, for the best of the world and, and, you know, fuck everybody else. Um, I've never thought about it like that. Honestly, this is the first time I've, I've ever thought about it. I, I've, I've never thought about the idea that we're just kind of projecting our own reality on, 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 uh, on, on um, doomsday culture. Word. And I've seen it, especially because, you know, in several different films, including The Matrix, which I, I love the Fakovsky sisters, but they're at the end of the day, they are, you know, European descended. They have white privilege experience. And so when like Agent, what's his name? Agent Smith says his little monologue about, you know, human beings are more like a cancer or a parasite. I haven't seen the movie in a while, guys. Loose memory. Um, <laughs> when he says his little monologue, I never really identified with it because, you know, human beings being the problem or being a cancer, only certain cultures, you know what I mean? Like when people talk like that, they're completely ignoring any indigenous group of people. 
who lived sustainably. And no, indigenous people weren't just like sunshine and rainbows. We fought, obviously, wars, et cetera, um, were mean to each other, but we weren't committing genocide (laughs) and we weren't committing ethnocide. You know, we weren't wiping out species, et cetera. Um, so I think when people talk like that, like human beings are the cancer, human beings are the par- no colonizers, like a very small one percenters, like a very like a very yeah. small major oil companies, like a very small group of people are the problem. And so it's unfortunate to me that it gets projected. But I really do agree with so many different civil rights leaders have said it. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King, Angela Davis, Malcolm X. They've all alluded to, you know, the worst thing, not the worst thing, their biggest hurdle is the people that do nothing. Mm. It's not a bad, it's not a bad person doing something evil. It's all the people who are complicit. So I think about doomsday culture and that checking out, like you're complicit to like my oppression, like as an indigenous woman, like you're like, and like you said, like, we're not trying to take anything from anyone else i just want freedom like for the love of god like i want to know what it's like to walk to my car at night without pepper spray in my hand like that's what i and several other i mean that's one tiny example of how women you know aren't safe and the list goes on like gay people trans people are just trying to live their lives you know what i mean like that's nobody nobody's coming after you like calm down so they also, there is this theory, and tell me if it like fits the vibe, but I did hear a theory that one of the ways that cults you know, have power over their people is they always have to have a perceived enemy. They always have to have a perceived threat. It's like I said on the panel with you and Laban, it's a dragon to slay. It's a problem. So if you fill people with fear and you fill people with this idea that it's us versus them, People are easier to control. So I wonder if the doomsday elements are like that. Like, oh, we've got to be fearful and prepared and you have to look to us because there has to be this perceived threat. Otherwise, if people were truly at peace, maybe they wouldn't need to go to church every Sunday. Does that make sense? What's your vibe? Yeah. And I think it's that's that's super interesting because it's – I think especially for – you know, for like Western cultures that perpetuate this idea um, of, of a doomsday and the idea that the, that who, like who is their enemy. Um, so many times their enemy are the people that they're oppressing, you know, it, that they're, they're, they're keeping under wraps and the idea that they need to continue taking from these people because they don't deserve it or they don't rate it or they don't believe in the same God as you. Um, and I think that's, that's really unfortunate, right? That's this, that whole concept of, you know, you're supposed to take from your enemy and you're supposed to inherit the whole world and you you deserve all these riches and you deserve the world. Um, and you're allowed to take from these people because of, because of your status or your race or your, or your religion or your God. Like you're allowed to do these, these heinous, these heinous, these, uh, these heinous things to people. You're allowed to feel good about the idea that the world will end and all these people will suffer and die, you know, for an eternity. And you can feel good because, your enemy is just being subjected, you know, to the the consequences of their evil. Um, that is a really powerful, powerfully evil thing to think of, like to have in your heart, but it's totally accepted. <laughs> it's accepted as just the reality 
that like that that you, like you're like this is your enemy you know you're allowed to 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 to, to hate them or but if, if even if, if even if they don't believe it right like love love the love the sin or hate the sin um and it's just yeah it just it just it, it, it i think it just sets its back so much in terms of like this being and an actual state of peace you know I completely agree, like hardcore parkour, but I just got like, it's so bizarre because even though I don't have, you know, the Mormon faith anymore, I will never again, um, (laughs) I'll never go back. I have way more optimism about the future than I ever had before. And I think that even though things look bleak, I understand that that's also intentional because nihilism is a great way to control people too, right? Just quit. Yeah. <laughs> stop fighting for the environment. <laughs> just stop it. It's just, it's easier. Don't care about the whales. Don't care about the polar bears. Just stop mm-hmm. it. They're not going to make it or whatever. Um, when there actually is serious progress being made, it just doesn't get reported um, as as much. But if you're indigenous, you know the service, you know the searches to find, you know the news is to go to. Yeah. Um, but I'm so much more optimistic about the future. And I it clicked for me um, when I got more in tune with my, who I really am as an indigenous person and my heritage, which I've always known about, I've always been cool with it, but like really connecting. Um, I realized everything that I'm worried about, my family has already been through. My ancestors have already been through. My grandparents have already been through so many of the same, weirdly the same stuff I'm going through, like parallels. Um, and, you know, same with my husband, who's Afro-Latino, same story for him. His family's already been through whatever, like what? <laughs> like we have 500 years of fighting an apocalypse and like, we're still here. Um, really connecting with that. And also when I was a Mormon person, there was always this conflict and it was quiet and it was secret and it was buried deep down. There's always a conflict between being an indigenous woman and being a Mormon because so many things culturally, like we've discussed, on and off pod, you know, on and off the episodes are just at conflict. So many things culturally just did not click and would not click. And I mean, this is going to sound so rude and awful, but like for you and I, and I think for anybody, when you get in tune with who your real heritage is, like they've been through it, like you're going to make it. <laughs> like They didn't make it this far just for you to quit because some ice caps were melting. Like, 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 and I'm not saying that stuff isn't serious, but like, we got this, like the, when I see people get very nihilistic about the environment, again, you're privileged. My family has been watching environments, ecosystems, species, people be, pushed to the brink for 500 years. You now care? Like, yeah, you can't just right. suddenly care that oh, I'm going to quit. Like, that doesn't make sense. Like, we've been carrying this for half a century and we're continuing to care. Don't give up. Like, um, like just pulling from that strength. And I do see, I don't care if it sounds mean, I do see the church as something very temporary. It ain't going to make it. Like It's, it's not going to make it. It's not going to make it. And so it's so funny because they're worried about the doomsday, but it's like, it's their doomsday. Like, yeah, it's I don't know. What are your, what's your vibe? I, man, it's, it's, that's, you know, it's, it's interesting to think about. I also just, I, I mean, I have, 
I don't have faith in religion in general. I, I don't know how long it's going to last, but I just, um, I just, don't, I, I think there's, there's certainly a clock on that one. There's a, <laughs> there is a, the, a ticking clock. <laughs> For it's sure. Zero, and it's just not going to make any sense anymore. This is going to be too many people being like, this is just not. This is not, again, it's not working. The math is not mathing on this, <laughs> on this topic, and it's just going to like, it's just going to subvert, and it's just not going to exist anymore. Um, oh. I, I had so many things to say when you were, you were speaking, but you know, I, I, it's, I would say it's harder for me to not, to, to not be, to not be nihilistic, but I think it's, that's just my trauma. Um, I, I'll, but I, I do have this feeling that like, I do think when people and communities, and as you said, like time and time and again, like when we're backed up against a wall, like we fight, you know what I mean? And it, it's the unfortunate thing that sometimes we, we have to learn from our own mistakes. Um, and in, when it comes to those moments where people are really in a true bind because of what we're doing to ourselves and whether people who cause the disaster or cause those things to happen, it's affecting them or they didn't cause it and it's affecting them. Anytime you're backed up against a wall, like you're, you're fighting, you know, you're, you're like a lot of people will fight for their lives. Not everybody's just going to give up, you know what I mean? Like, and just, and just throw in the towel. I think, as as a humanity, we've 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 proven that when 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 you're that person backed up against the wall, like you're going to fight, and that's why I think that's I have to agree with you that I think I I think we're going to make it. I think things are going to get better, and I don't think I don't think all the chaos and all like the the division that we're seeing and that division is going to turn into in the future a complete like 180 for the world. I, I think we're heading in the right direction, even if we're having to learn from our mistakes. I think there's enough, enough people in the world that's, that just, that, 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 that realize that like the, the cards are stacked against us only because we're just haven't, like we haven't moved those obstacles out of the way. Um, um, and I, I also just want to be like positive about our, uh, about our future. Um, but I think also, I think it's, 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 it gets, it's so important to want to learn, but also just to live in that moment that like not worrying about this inevitable future that's going to look bad. Like, right. Like everybody's going to eventually come to their own doomsday. Like we're all just going to die. <laughs> and we're going to come <laughs> to the realization of whatever happens when you die, whatever that is. It, 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 yeah, I think that's like the, it, especially when it comes to like being kind of a, a like a, to, to a spiritualist is not, not putting yourself in this corner of you just believe of what's going to, you just believe and you just know what's going to happen. But like living your life day to day, like trying to just do your best and not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow and just being okay with that. But learning like for yourself, like what's going to make a better tomorrow if you do wake up, you know, that, that day. And it certainly is not, you know, putting yourself into a corner and reading your one book and <laughs> and and believing that, you know, there's like – this 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 one reality is going to happen and you have to prepare for it just, that's just not helpful i agree i agree and uh i mean there's even terms for it in therapy you know to help with anxiety like what do you know for absolute certain and you write it down and then mm -hmm. anything that's uncertain like it's uncertain it's not real like it's not it doesn't have to be your reality thoughts are just thoughts like and the English language is, you know, a product of Christianity. Like it formed after the fact, which is obvious because yeah. we have 
we have so many terms that have double meaning. You know, we use them religiously and then we use it in English just to talk. But I don't think it's a coincidence that the English language and other languages that came around that time are very anxiety inducing. Yeah. You know, just even with the past future tenses, we have so many words for bad in English. Like we have like <laughs> heinous, horrendous, horrible. Like it's such like a negative, like, but I had like my little eyes opened in my undergrad. I learned about this, the Hopi language that their past, their tenses are real and unreal. If it hasn't happened yet, it's unreal. And so like, yeah, concepts like anxiety, like they knew what fear was because you can sense danger, but they didn't live in these hypotheticals. Like they're just like, but as an avenue, it's not real. What are you talking about? Like anything in the reality. (laughs) They're so rooted (laughs) in reality. Um, And several, several, Cherokee language is very similar. Several, several indigenous languages are like that. And you just didn't have these bizarre, you know, I hate to say it, but it's such a roast of like, pretend, <laughs> like, like <laughs> stop and pretend like the doomsday stuff is very pretend to me. Like it's not, it's, it's so crappy. Like <laughs> it's so crappy how you could just live a life and you have this complete delusion about the world that is completely rooted in so much falsity but you've like you you're a hundred percent just you believe that this is really happening, and you can pick out you can cherry pick all the information that tells you that it is happening, um, and that's just your reality. That's just like what's happening to you. And so much of the world like lives in that mindset. They live in that reality, and it's been so freeing to break out of that mold and break out of morality. And creating a sense of morality for yourself, like creating the future that you want to see or living every day, like not judging like what just happened um, and what's, what's that going to mean for your future? Because I can do something completely different tomorrow to change like what, you know, what, like what, what that's going to look like. Um, that is a super freeing concept. I think for, I think, I honestly think that the doomsday mindset keeps like so many people locked in and freeing yourself of just the reality that like, that's not going to happen, right? Like bad things will happen in general because the world is still in this mindset that like bad things are just going to happen, right? Like they're creating the reality that these negative things are going to happen, but we don't have to do that. We, we can wake up tomorrow and decide that the good things in our, in our life are going to happen and we can decide to work together and we can decide to create a better world tomorrow, you know, each and every day. But we just don't, you know, because of, of this, this delusion that we have that things are just going to turn out for the worse and people are going to hate each other and the world's going to end. And there's this, there's really no hope for humanity. Like those things just don't have to happen. We, we're creating that. And I think it's a really interesting, interesting concept. I'm curious about your idea of like, of, of like that reality of, of like what doomsday is to you like right now, like what is, like what is, what, like what is the future hold and what is your belief of like us creating that future versus what, could potentially fate like fatefully could happen. Ooh, I love that. I love that. My actual belief about the future is not very doomsday at all. It's pretty positive and hopeful. So a couple things I think will happen. I think that the systems that we have in place, which are harming the world will no longer be. So I don't, I don't think we're going to have some kind of crazy drastic radical revolution because those rarely go great. I think we're going to have major edits to pre-existing systems. 
Mm. And I'm so, you know, I live in a very conservative state and I'm so mind-blowingly positive because of young people, because mm. of people my age and younger, and also older people who like woke up. Like I got to include my parents in that because they, they left a cult late in the game, you know, like right. they left a cult and they're, you know, in their sixties. Um, and I see people waking up and I see people changing and I see people caring that didn't before. Um, and our former chief of the Cherokee nation, um, chief Baker said, you know, the best days of the Cherokee nation are behind us. They're ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because for us, for my people, for my culture, sorry, if it makes me emotional. How embarrassing. Um, <laughs> we talk about our apocalypse. It is, yeah. we will never forget. We will always remember. We know what happened to our families. Yeah. We know what happened to our land. We know what almost happened to our language. And so we always remember that. So we just have this attitude, just like you're describing, about moving forward. And I also think about, you know, living in Tulsa, the Greenwood massacre happened. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the black community here and all over this country continue to rise. Like, it makes me emotional. Like, that poem by Maya Angelou, like, Still I Rise, like, that is exactly right. It's it's so true. They still, and part of that is, is when you fully accept and embrace that you are your ancestors dreams, like your grandmother's prayers are protecting you. Sorry to get super indigenous on here with my beliefs <laughs> that bothers you, you listeners. I apologize. Just kidding. I will never change. Um, so I think I'm very optimistic about the future. And I think doomsday, the only thing that's doomed. <laughs> I, just, I don't want to sound threatening. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> the only thing that's doomed. Uh, if you're somebody who subscribes to white supremacy and all that that encompasses and all that that blankets, you're doomed. Yeah, it's not going to make it. It's not going to last. That, like you said, it's a ticking. It's a ticking clock. I think a lot of religions in general are ticking clocks, but I think if anything's doomed, that's what is. I think we'll we'll eventually reach this close to close to perfect state where I think we're going to come to a point where things are going to be sustainable because they'll have to be. Right. And that's, that's when I think indigenous people and people that indigenous mindset. And like I said, they're indigenous people all over the world. It's not racially specific. Also race is social construct. It's not ethnically specific. There's multiple indigenous ethnicities and values all over the world. That's what's going to rise up because it's been sustainable because it's made it through God knows what's made it through everything. We're still here. Like that's like the biggest thing, like indigenous people, like we're still here. Um, that's honestly what I see for the future. I think things are going to get bleak like right now, but they're going to rise up. And even on a political spectrum, fascism has never lasted more than seven years anywhere. Yeah. It does not make it. It's, it's the, the, it's that resurgence, you know, like before an animal dies, they like get energy or whatever. It's yeah. like that biological resurgence. I think that's what we're in. Um, and I mean, if you can change anyone's mind that you're worried about flipping to the side of fascism, just change that one person, like do what you can. You know, does that make sense? Like, but I am optimistic about the future. I think we're going to have a sustainable future. We'll be born in harmony with nature. I know that sounds corny, but I do think that. And I think certain constructs will go away. It was just a rough patch, but I think, 
so many things that colonization has done is being undone right now. It's an unraveling sweater. So anyways, what's your thoughts? What do you think about the doomsday? What do you think about the apocalypse? I, um, I, I, I would say for me, it's, I find, I think it's the reason why I still find like religion and religious texts so interesting because of how much like, there's so much influence of like older versions of it into newer versions of it. And it reminds me of, it reminds me of like, you know, the, the kind of the, the, the founding documents like of America, right. Where these, these, these people who are writing like what they envision their, their perfect country to be. And it's like freedom and everyone, you know, can, can express how they want and people can live in this, this state of harmony with each other, but have different beliefs. And they're literally writing this down with all this, um, with 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 just an extreme amount of of uh, of uh, I can't think of the word, but essentially writing things that they don't even like understand. Like they don't even understand their what freedom is, but they they but they want it for uh, you know for themselves. Um, anything about like how many how much of religious text like is always thinking about this like ideal future state where like the good takes over uh, for evil. And I find it all, I find it all very like uh, metaphorical. Um, and that's, I, that's why I've always believed that like, I don't necessarily see the harm in these texts. If you don't take these things, literally, if you take these things more as a myth, like a Marvel story or or a DC comic where there's like this overall message that somehow our physical reality is trying to tell us if we would just take it as a metaphor for how we're supposed to be treating life. And that's the idea that like evil only exists for the sake of it having to like make good, like more powerful, you know, like it's, 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 and it's, it's nice to say my, 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 uh, my favorite philosopher, we talk, I've talked about him on this podcast before. um, So sweet Emmanuel Swedenborg, completely believes that like like evil is just like a natural part of life um because of this idea that there's um a binary that's like created only because as you move away from light like you just experience a little bit more darkness until you're like as a church would say you're in like outer darkness right but it's not like that outer darkness has to stay that way or it's going to like overtake light it's just it's there and it's only like useful for the sake of 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 getting people to a place where they see their own like they, they, like they like they, they, they see the, the, their their own struggle, um, so that they can come back into the light and realize like that's where they're supposed to be, um, and it's hard to do. But I think like for me, the eventuality is that everything progresses so that so that the good wins because the good is really what's actually true. That's what's actually like real. Right, like we talk about, like fake news and um, and and like fake ideas, like being existent in the world. Like they exist only because like we perpetuate the idea in our head that they exist, right? But they're they're fake. They're not real, right? The only thing that's actually real is like what's true and what's good, right? It's just like the, the warmth is or like ice or like I would say like the um, cold is just the absence of warmth, right? Like death is just the absence of life. And like life is what actually is supposed to be like happening and perpetuating life and continuing to grow, um, and and the cycle of like of rebirth into something new, like that's for me is like what's really going to happen. So I for me the future is like is and I I would say I would the the 
the picture in my mind is also from Emanuel Swedenborg. He talks about um, life being in this like upward spiral. It's like a, it's like a sphere that like works in a spiral, like heading upwards and you can be moving down the sphere, like going towards evil. You can be moving up the sphere, like heading towards like, like truth and goodness. But the, the true way you're supposed to be moving is continuing up in this perpetual pattern of going through dark and light periods, but always consistently moving upwards, right? Like even in his idea of heaven, angels go through like bad periods and they go through periods of less of less light, but you're always moving in this upward direction because you're always looking for the best, right? Until the eventual reality that everything works out, you know, for the good. Um, and, and so in a metaphorical sense, like I, I, like what's happening in our world right now with like Trump and the, the divisions and us moving backwards. I just see that. I see that myself as like, we're just on this like winter, <laughs> this winter portion of our, of our world where we're, 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 we're moving in a direction where we're having to see, the evil that uh, that has probably always been there, but it's just been hiding for a little bit because we were like in a summer phase, right? And we're we're just kind of we're, we're in this perpetual like of learning, like what it means to actually be good. And I think what it means to actually be good is to like to feel it like internally and to be doing it ex- externally. We can't like everything that that is evil. It's, it's going to be brought brought out. It's going to be brought out, and it's going to have to change because good is going to eventually like turn out to be like, what's, it's the only thing that works. See, it's the only thing that's real. And I, I truly believe that. Yeah. We're, even if it looks bad, it's just meant, it's meant for us to be learning so that we get to a better place. I completely agree. And so many times from a historical standpoint, unfortunately, like that's what it took. Like there's a miss because history is presented not all the way correct sometimes. The civil rights movement here in the United States really kicked off after World War. It started after World War I, Mm. but things really, everyone got their asses in gear, meaning the white people, after World War II, because they physically saw, whoa, we're headed on the same fucking path. Right. And you know, that whole movement was inspired by what was already going on in the United States. So it was like this hideous mirror of like, man, we really can't, because I've seen anti-fascist propaganda from the forties and it's like still applicable right now. Like people, people woke the hell up. And by that, I mean white people because black people were in this fight the whole time. (laughs) So, um, And pe- people like really shaved up because they're like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening here. What happened in the Japanese internment camps is like unbelievably terrible. Like it shouldn't have happened. But I completely agree with you that it takes seeing just how bad things are to be oh, like. Oh, you froze a little bit. Yeah, never. Let's not do this. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> like, um, And it does take people waking up and it takes people to care that aren't directly negatively affected. Like that's like, that's the biggest thing. Like the apathy, like I had said earlier from different activists that like, just do something like uh, all that stuff. It matters how you vote. It matters. Even if you can just change one person's mind that you care about that might be headed down a a doomsday path. Cause that, that gets scary. I mean, every cult is obsessed with the end of times, all of them. Yeah. Yeah, And when I, yeah, when I learned that, it took a lot of power away from the church to me. 
was like, okay, right. they're all like this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's like it's it's a, it's a big, it's like one of the biggest parts of their culture is the idea that like this this horrible thing's going to happen. You have to be prepared for it, um, and it's the biggest lie. It's the biggest lie out of all of them. Like, right? Like that somehow, like that's reality that you know you that you that the world has to be saved from some evil that doesn't exist. Actually, the evil's like sitting in your church. <laughs> like, <laughs> you are the doomsday that, that needs to be there. <laughs> You're the thing everyone's afraid of. You're the yeah. tide coming in that everyone's afraid of. It also kind of reminds me. I've had so many good thoughts and they go away and then they come back <laughs> in this conversation. Yeah. I was like, Oh, that was the thing I was going to say um, that it is such a big lie. Um, I read this book by Luna Lindsay. Um, that's the author's name. And they mentioned uh, the whole, like the rising generation, the youth to come are going to, you know, usher in and, you know, Luna Lindsay says like, they've been telling that life over 30 years. Mm. <laughs> like It's been over 30 years of telling the youth that like, it's your time. Yeah. And I think that, that also sort of like, he, he, cause you and I were in the, you know, young adult ward together. They talked to us like that, you know, and now here we are like, <laughs> right. we're not kids anymore. Like we're both like yeah. adults, like very like, much adults. <laughs> guess it wasn't us <laughs> I know, right? like it's been a hot minute oh god oh i thought to kind of make it funny what was your like silliest thing you heard about the apocalypse so end on a light note oh my oh gosh <laughs> lord have mercy uh, there's so many things that like i believed that i was like this is and i just totally just like went with that i was like yeah of course i know i think that the thing that i honestly i think like the tried and true like original original like revelation material was just it that is the that is the epitome of just like the craziest shit you've ever heard and <laughs> And Christians are just like, oh yeah, like I, that's that's totally gonna that's totally be gonna be a thing. Like fucking life size grasshopper is gonna come up and start eating people's heads or something, <laughs> <laughs> and this huge dragon's gonna pop out of the earth and and like, <laughs> and there's gonna be like monsters with like wings like flying around and like terrorizing humanity. And we're just like, cool, <laughs> yep, we're not gonna be there for that, <laughs> but but, oh but that that's totally gonna happen. I I find it's I think it's funny. I thought it's this other TikTok that's like. If, if they're just talking about how like Christians like don't believe in magic, but they believe in all these like crazy things in the Bible that it's like <laughs> that's you believe in like unicorns and and like life size monsters and, and like talking angels and but you don't believe in magic like that's evil <laughs> but but yeah that I, those those stories and 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 those dreams and those visions that that Christians just think are like that's just real and it's gonna happen. And like, and they can totally get on online with these concepts that they cannot prove at all, like that are even exist. Um, but 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 they they somehow can get with the idea that like a like a person can dress in a in, in can a man can dress in a dress and and and, and lip sync, and it's somehow you know not just normal. It's, it's completely perversion. It's some weird thing. It's crazy. Christians are fucking wild. I know. I agree. I can't handle it. I can't. I can't hang. I can't hang. I think one of the craziest thing, the silly, let me think, you know, it wasn't that silly at the time, but it was so hard to have faith in it. And now it's laughable, but I never really had faith in it. But it was this idea that like, 
but the church is going to look out for you. You're going to be okay. <laughs> because never in my goddamn life did the church ever look out for me. Like, no. not one fucking second. And something that's kind of, I'll make it funny because it is kind of painful. But, you know, as someone who has, you know, I have a chronic disease. I got it as a child. Mm. This idea that, like, Jesus is going to come and heal you. Like, that's so mm. intoxicating for parents. And I think for kids. But that and the church will take care of you. I never really had faith in. Yeah. And, like, I think maybe one day I'll find myself leaning towards Zen Buddhism because it gives me a lot of peace. But it's totally about, like, suffering is life. Like, that's part yeah. of it. Like, just having some acceptance about it. And my heart just my heart just breaks for for members of the church who choose to stay in out of those fears. And it really like hit a note for me, like deep within my spine when you said like the doomsday stuff was just your trauma talking. I think that's so true. I think because like I said before, and I'll reiterate it, it might make me emotional because I just feel it. In my culture, we have a word for it called soul wound. Like it's something that transcends generations. Scientifically, we call it like epigenetic coding. But like your family or your ancestors, depending on what you call them, have been through a doomsday. Yeah. And by their sheer willpower and their strength, they survive the unsurvivable, the unimaginable. Your family made, made it for you. Like they thought about you. They dreamed about you. They hoped for you. Like that's just incredible. It is. And it's, and it's, it's incredibly sad to think that they themselves were doing it. They themselves were rising out of, of those disasters. And somehow so many of them still hung on to this idea that something was going to save them other than themselves. Um, and something was coming to like prepare them or, or give them that peace when they were already doing it. Like they were already creating the future that was, that was their peace. They were already fighting for, their children and for the generations ahead of them. Um, super powerful, but also it, 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 although I don't believe that evil is powerful, it is very like in, influential, you know what I mean? In, in culture and the idea that doomsday still has this like grip on so much, like so many people. Um, it's, it's, it just, it, it still like blows my mind that people just can't just like, get out of it. It's such a, such a strong delusion. That's fair. That's fair. And I also wonder if some of those dreams and visions people had were just metaphors of what their family had already been through. Cause yeah, like if your ancestors yeah. were European, they've survived horrific famines. And right. if your ancestors are European, your ancestors have survived evil monarchies that right. totally oppressed them. Like, horrendously and then they like never learn about it and it's super sad but anyways because i'm like just tap into the values that you think you care about they never helped you like learn your own history like europe was a terrible place like (laughs) just it kills me so i yeah i think the silliest thing was like the church will look out for you and i was like they don't give a shoot like (laughs) i mean if you if you you pay your ties and 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 snitch on your on your on your sister and your brother yeah they'll take care of you (laughs) (laughs) they'll take care of you real well um that's about it though that's true you have to kiss some ass too because you gotta be nice to leadership don't ruffle any feathers don't rock any boats (laughs) my god 
Uh, so who should we close in the name of? Wait, do you have any final thoughts before I wrap it up? Um, good Lord. <laughs> uh, God, the doomsday mindset is like, like killing our world. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what actually is, right? That's why I said it earlier. I was like, don't fall into nihilism. Don't give up. Like, we didn't fight this hard for the environment for you to be like, I'm sad. I'm done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> done. My people have been fighting this whole time. Like, yeah. Stop. We're still here. We were pushed to the brink of extinction. We're still here. Our language is coming back. Don't you quit on me now. Right. Little liberal whites. Don't you quit on me. Hang in there. <laughs> God. Um, but I agree. The doomsday mindset is what actually. Yep. God and all the little preppers. I'm like a prepper. I'm like you're checking I out. Still, I still, I still have my like little by my little 32 day like kit. Like in like. <laughs> well, that's actually like, reasonable. Like little, yeah, it's reasonable, right? But like, I, I remember buying it and being like, I'm gonna get like fire starters. I'm gonna get some like rope. <laughs> I don't know what to do with any of this. I would, I would literally like if something happened like right now, I'm done. Like I'm just, <laughs> I wouldn't give up. I would just not know what to do. Like. <laughs> I remember we, when you and I were members and we talk about Doomsday, you'd be like, if zombies come, like, I'm going to be patient zero. Like, I'm done. And I was like, can I be patient number one? Like, I don't want to be there either. And you're like, no. Like, there's nothing. I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm completely fucked. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be gone. God. Um, who should we close in the name of? Um... um I don't know. Maybe closing in in the name of everything working out for the good. Oh, that's a nice ending. That's a sweet thing to say. All right, brothers and sisters, we close this meeting um, with our priesthood authority, Sugarcane, and myself, Heavenly Mother, in the name of all things working for good. Right. Mm. Till next Amen. time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>